Good afternoon, everyone. Wanted to give a quick travel update to encourage your hearts. I've been going across the Midwest. I've been in four different places, three churches, and then, of course, Nini's Deli the last uh, few days. And uh, I'm heading out to Oklahoma from southern Indiana right now to go to some political um, events. And you can pray for me because, um, as we all know, just because someone's politically conservative doesn't mean that they know the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to be sharing the gospel, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, at the churches that I've been to so far, I just want to encourage everyone, uh, because my heart's encouraged. There are 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. There really are. And they may be the kind of people we don't hear from often. They don't have the um, platforms that many in elite evangelicalism have, but they are out there. And there are many of them, and they are concerned. And um, I asked for a show of hands at the three different churches that I've been to for um, conferences or just talking about the issue of social justice. I said, if you have um, had a strained relationship or you've lost friends or family members or you know, have a strained relationship with you because of the social justice movement, raise your hand. And it's been between about 75 and 90% of the audiences raise their hand. And for me, um, it's just so clear that this issue is affecting everyone across the country. Uh, it's leaving no one, hardly, hardly anyone, unaffected by it. And um, I've heard of many church splits. Um, in fact, two days ago, I had a, a young man came to me just in tears because he had been following David Platt for um, eight years or so and kind of had some bitterness, I guess. Uh, he said against the American church for being complicit in all sorts of horrible things and just realized kind of that in the last year or six months or so that this was all a lie, that David Platt was, was hypocritical, that he had bought into something false and that, um, and, and now he's, he, he, he realizes it, but he, he thinks of those eight years and it grieves him, but, but he's now coming around and he's seeing He's seeing what true Christianity is, and he's seeing, uh, he's loving the people around him, the people that he actually lives with, and that kind of thing. And, and so I, as, as hard as this is for some people, um, it's bitter. Uh, we don't want to think that some of our leaders are this compromised or preaching a false gospel or hypocrites. It's really, I think, um, it, it, people's eyes are really starting to be opened, and uh, they're seeing it, and, and the truth is going out there, and it's rescuing people from enslavement uh, to false ideas and, um, and propaganda and uh, honestly things that prevent them or are a barrier for them uh, actually loving the people around them, the actual flesh and blood fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, so th this is something that I'm seeing happening all over the place. Um, and people are motivated. They want to take a stand. I, I, from the three churches I've been to, the leaders of these churches have basically told me, look, we do not care what kinds of names we're called. We don't care what, um, what, what kinds of consequences come our way. We are going to stand for the truth. We're going to stand for Jesus Christ. We're going to stand for the gospel. And we're going to stand for Christian ethics. And if we are called to compromise, no matter who it is, they could be the leaders in denominations or organizations uh, that we might have even respected in the past, we will not bow to that. We will only bow and bend to Jesus and the Word of God, uh, His divine revelation. And so I'm encouraged by this. There's some real guts out there. There's some real bravery. There's some real courage.
to stand and it doesn't exist in the elite circles. And I can tell you that as someone who, um, who has kind of dipped my toe in the proverbial uh, lake and I've uh, seen what it, it's like uh, in various Christian uh, schools, seminaries, universities, uh, denominational life. And um, even now I still have relationships uh, in, in very high places in some of these arenas. And I can tell you that courage is exceptionally rare. And I'm saying like 98%, and I don't think I'm exaggerating there, 98% of the people that have the ability to do something in many of these arenas will not do it. It's very rare to find that person who is willing to suffer personal deprivation uh, and do what's best for the people around them because they love the people around them and they, they want the truth to be, to be out there. Uh, most people are thinking about their jobs. They're thinking about their reputations. Uh, they are trying to game the system somehow, thinking that, uh, you know, if they just do this, this, and this, somehow uh, it's going to come out okay for them in the long run. And, um, and, and rather than just being simple about it, and here's the truth, and we're just going to go with the truth come what may. Very rare that you have that spirit. And I know it's discouraging because many of you sense it. You know that that's rare. You know that this whole winsome thing where everyone wants to be winsome, uh, which is just a personality trait. That's all that is. It's not virtue. It's not actual internal character. It's just personality. Um, everyone wants to do that as the chief moral good, but no one wants to have courage. And those are the kinds of things, courage, bravery, uh, willing, willingness to suffer deprivation, sacrificing oneself. These are the kinds of things that we build monuments to men and women for because we recognize in them internal virtue. And that's the kind of thing that we need more of now. And it exists, but it doesn't exist in the elite circles. It exists in your small towns with flesh and blood people who are leading their congregations through this whole uh, movement and all the challenges that come with it. And they're encouraging their people to take stands in their places of employment. Uh, they're taking stands um, you know, in their communities, wherever that may be. And uh, in regards to uh, the whole situation right now in the medical field, I've met several people across the country who are retiring, because, and not even the medical field, other fields as well. They're, they're retiring, they're quitting their jobs, they're getting fired because of the pressure to take this experimental medication. And um, I, I see this in some ways, it's very connected to what happened last year. We're just, we keep, new issues keep arising, but the pressure that's exerted on people to violate their conscience. And, um, and, and in some ways, uh, in some cases, to uh, not just violate their conscience, but violate what they know to be true biblically, um, has been insurmountable. And there's no resources, hardly any, if any, coming from evangelical elite denominations, conferences, um, all, you know, the whole, that whole complex, whatever, that evangelical industrial complex, there's hardly anything. You might be able to point to a few things here or there. But there are small town pastors who are just opening their Bibles. They're finding people online uh, who they can network with, share information with, uh, listen to. Um, I, you know, one thing I wanted to mention here as well, uh, many people have been saying to me, hey, John, I really appreciate you and AD. That's, a, that's a, an often a, a coupling that I get is we, we like what you say. We really like what AD Robles says as well. And, uh, and sometimes they'll mention a few other people in there. You know, we like Right Response Ministries. We like... Um, 
you know, I don't know, there, there was, there's, there's a few that have been mentioned, but um, there's people out there who are small time pastors or they don't have these platforms that are putting information out. They're thinking deeply about the situation confronting us, opening their Bibles, trying to uh, sort out what actually is going on and what the right response will be to that. And their material is getting picked up and it's getting picked up by these small town pastors and country pastors and maybe even in some urban areas, pastors who uh, just care about the truth and they could care less about what man thinks about them. And I'm just wanting to encourage you with this. They're out there. Um, they, you may feel like they're not in your community. Uh, I don't know where you live, but uh, look hard. Uh, try to find them. And if they're not there, consider being that person yourself or moving to a place where that person does exist. Uh, there's a lot of reshuffling of the deck. People are moving to areas of the country where they know there's going to be a solid pastor. I, I think that is completely appropriate. Even if they don't know quite how they're going to make a living, they're just, they, they are concerned for the spiritual well-being of their family and they're making the trek. Even if it's a couple thousand miles, they're doing it. I, I say that's completely worth it. Um, being in a place where you are being spiritually fed and led is so important. I can't underestimate, I can't, I can't, I can't tell you enough how important that is. I can't underplay that at all. Um, it is probably the most important thing uh, other than um, just the relationship you have with your, the Lord and your family is having a good relationship with a local church. And suffering through the, a church that isn't willing to take a stand, is vague about everything, wants to be just winsome, doesn't see clearly what's going on, doesn't want to apply biblical solutions because they don't even really want to know. Ignorance is bliss. Don't, don't, don't. Just don't toy around with it. I've seen that there are pastors out there who are willing to be courageous. And, and seeing that motivates me even more to just tell you and encourage you, find those people and be those people and move if you have to do it. That's my encouragement to you because they do exist. And that's, uh, that's, that's something that we can all take some heart in. So, hey, God bless. Uh, if you're in Oklahoma, looking forward to seeing you. Bye now. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.